right, everyone. Welcome back to the Scott Stokely podcast. I have another, I, I always say special guest, but every guest is a special guest. So I wanted to say guest, but then I'm, that seems hollow. So we'll say special guest from here on out. Um, I have Eddie Rodriguez, and Eddie is a, an expert in happiness. Now, I, he probably doesn't want to use the term expert. He'll correct me in a minute if I use that adjective wrong. But uh, this is what his focus is. He has had a, a very interesting life. He's authored books, co-authored books, had ups and downs, near-death tragedies, uh, set out and walked from Florida to New York with $200 in his pocket and wrote about that. And throughout this time, he has discovered the keys to happiness for himself, but these aren't exclusive. Some of these or many of these things he's learned would apply to others as well. Probably not everybody, right? We'll have this discussion about finding your own path. But uh, Eddie, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk happiness with you. Happiness is great. Scott, thank you for having me. This is just <laughs> such an amazing author. I'm author. Uh, such an, an amazing thing that you have me on your show, an honor. And I want to say hi to everybody out there. I hope you're doing great. You know, I know things are weird, but you know what? This is a really beautiful time. Um, it's, it's just, it's, we have so many opportunities in times like this to find ourselves and to change ourselves into something that makes us better people. We're going to talk a lot about that. Yeah, I talk about paradigms all the time. Uh -huh. And you can have two completely honest, objective truths about something. One's horrifically awful, one's positive and beautiful, and both be true. Yeah. And you know, the paradigm you choose can lead you down the path. But before we do that, uh, to just uh, I didn't do you justice. Can, can I get just some background on, on you as much as you want to share that led you to this point? Uh, there's so much to share. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's life is, is just this amazing thing. And one thing leads to another, leads to another and leads to another. And it kind of like it's like you live different lifetimes. You know, when I was younger and things like that, you know, I was into the drugs and I was into drinking and things. And by 27 years old, I quit all that. I ended up getting married, having a couple of kids, you know, then I got divorced and I got remarried again. And, you know, life was rolling great. And in 2006, I had, you know, three major things that happened in my life to completely change it again. Um, first of all, I had, you know, I had a manager from my company that I brought in. He mismanaged my company, I had to jump back in and start rebuilding it again. And by the time I was getting it rebuilt, okay, it was five months later, um, I got a call from Korea from my son-in-law and he said that him and my daughter were in an accident. Uh, she was in critical condition in the hospital. She spent 45 days in the hospital and then passed away. So then four months after that, I had a cerebral hemorrhage. So I had three veins that burst in the back of my brain, filled my brain with blood. And the doctors told my ex-wife, called the family, he's dead tonight. And I told the doctors, I said, hey, listen, you don't tell my family what's gonna happen with me because you don't get to decide that. I do, I'm not gonna have two deaths in the family in four months, there's no way. So I spent four weeks sleeping in, or four months sleeping in a lazy boy, okay? It took me six months to learn how to walk and talk again. It took me about nine years to rebuild my brain. I don't know how good a job I did on rebuilding my brain, but it's there somewhere. 
Right. Um, then after that, it's just been a series of things that have actually taught me that no matter what goes on in your life, things are beautiful. You know, like right now I'm going through stage four colon cancer. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to fight this. No way. It's too negative. So I've got to make this a positive thing. So I call it dancing with cancer. So I'm going to flow with it. And what's going to happen with me is that here I am dancing with cancer. It's teaching me all kinds of things that I didn't really realize in my life. You know, it helped me to refocus and change things and become even happier and be grateful to what cancer has done for me. Not saying, oh my gosh, you know, I got cancer. I'm going to die and all this thing. My doctors do that. You know, they tell me, Eddie, you're going to die. I said, well, that's okay. I, I, you can have your opinion, but that's not mine. You know, I'm going to dance. So, and it's funny how you can reshape anything in your life into something positive that you can use to move yourself forward and to relieve stress from yourself. You know, I'm doing it with the cancer, with the dancing with cancer instead of fighting. You know, I make it a happy thing. So the doctors can say, and they have many times, Eddie, you're going to die. One doctor told me at 60, he said, do you want to die at 60? And I said, no, I don't want to die at 60. And I'm not going to. Here it is. I'm 63 now. So I don't think I did. You know, <laughs> so, and there's a whole lot more to go. But, you know, we can probably get well, into some other things as we talk. Yeah. So let's go back. So when you had, what, 2006, uh -huh. when you were, your business ran into trouble, you lost your daughter. And then you got sick. Yes. I mean, obviously, obviously one of those is a million times worse than the other two, but they all came close together. You weren't happy then, were you? Or did you immediately find happiness? Or did, like, where were you at that place? And it's probably a silly question, but since we're talking about paradigm shifts, like, I, I want to hear, like, where, where was your mind then? Oh, I was depressed. You know, I was depressed, but I was doing everything that I could to remain positive and happy and to focus in on getting myself healed from all of everything that happened. Of course, you know, the, the thing with my business, that was the least of my worries. My daughter was the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And, you know, when I look back on it, I'm kind of grateful that I had the cerebral hemorrhage because that actually kind of, you know, threw me off course and I had to focus in on that to get myself healed. Okay, so it kind of buffered my daughter passing away. It sounds kind of weird, but that's the way that it was. I was no, surprised about, huh? No, I, 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 that, I, that, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I, I, how did you stay positive when your daughter passed away? Well, the thing is, is that I was, and I was crying all the time after my daughter passed away. And then, you know, when I had my cerebral hemorrhage, I was still crying after that. Okay. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, Dan Marino, right? Yes, of course. Okay. I met Dan Marino at a place called Circuit City. Okay. And I wanted to get his autograph and all this stuff, you know, and get a picture with him and stuff. And it's funny because I know that his, his son, I think it is, has autism. And so I was talking to him and I went to say to him, you know, you're so lucky to be blessed to raise a kid with autism, you know, because it teaches a lot of different things and it settles people. Okay. Most of the time. And so when I went to go say that the thing that popped in my mind was my daughter and I just started crying. 
And here I am in front of Dan Moreno, and he's got his crew there, and I'm crying my eyes out. And his, his crew's like going, come on, come on, come on, Dan, we got to go. And Dan was amazing. He says, no, 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 we got to wait here. And he's like, what's going on, man? And he talked to me and things like that. And, you know, I finally settled down. I told him what I wanted. He stopped his crew and he said, listen, I'm going to take a picture with this guy. Then we're good. You know, this is real life. This is important. So I got to say that I respect him. But that's where I was at. I mean, I would break out crying in the middle of anything. So as things went along, a year after I had the cerebral, my ex-wife asked me a question. She said, Eddie, what do you want for your birthday? <laughs> Pretty simple question, right? Well, I couldn't think of anything monetary that I wanted. The only thing that I could think of was that I wanted people to get along for one day, just one day. But I knew it was impossible. But I did figure out that, you know what? I can get as many people as I run into in a day, okay, to smile and wave. And so I decided that's it. I started what I call smile and wave day. I wanted to get it put on the calendar until I found out it takes $3 billion to get something on the calendar. I said, okay, I'm done with that. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'll just put it out there. I did have a couple of mayors that, that put it into the city, you know, we're August 26th was smile and wave day. Um, but, you know, I started telling people, listen, I also want you to do is walk up to people, say, hi, how are you? This is who I am. This is what I do. How can I help you? And that's when I started turning it around. You know, I went from crying and being depressed and, you know, going through all the emotions to having a focus on happiness. Now, because I wasn't happy and I was depressed, how the heck do you smile and do you wave when you're depressed? Pretty simple, actually. You fake it till you make it. And that's what I did. You know, I, I used laughter therapy. I had been using laughter therapy the whole time to, you know, get myself into a state of happiness. Wasn't always working, but I just kept doing it. And it was the habit of doing that. And then all of a sudden I get this project put in front of me. And, you know, life just said, here, here's this project. We need somebody that's dumb enough to take this and run with it. And I said, that's me. <laughs> and so I did. I reign with it. I just, you know, just, I don't know. It's this amazing thing that uplifts you. If you focus on something that's going to help other people and that it's going to take you and bring your life to another level, it's, it's just, it's so wonderful to watch from, you know, your perspective, but it's also wonderful to watch from inside of yourself. Because if you look down deep inside of yourself, you get to see all those little things that are changing. And you get to feel it and you get to see how people react to the new you. And I got to tell you, they react with the smile and the wave. And now that project is the smile and wave project. And, you know, I'm, I'm just using it to like, I'm doing a, a living with cancer tour. Okay. So it's, it's wonderful. You know, it's, it's this whole cancer dance is really expanding. It's growing and it's really, deep down inside of me, just doing a beautiful thing. So I want you to try to explain something to, to somebody else. 
I, I follow the same philosophy. I get so much value out of helping people, you know, walking up to people and, you know, saying a kind word. Uh, for example, if I ever see a parent with a child who's crying or having a meltdown, I always walk up to them and say, hey, I know it's really hard. You're doing a great job. And I've had parents cry. I've had them hug me. It takes two seconds and I get tremendous value out of this. Yeah. You know, I, everything I do is for selfish reasons. I, you know, it's strange <laughs> as that sounds, but I, yeah, I mean, take, interp, misinterpret, misinterpret that and misquote me as you choose. But I do, <laughs> I get value out of it. I had the conversation with somebody and tried to explain to them why that felt good. Because for them, that didn't give them value. Right. They weren't, they're not bad people. They're, they're, they're good people, but they didn't get the value in helping others. Yeah. Can you explain where, why does that feel good? You know, it's funny because I do the same thing that you do. It's to me, it's selfish. Yeah, because I know that going out and helping people is going to help me. It's going to help open up my spirit and I'm going to see a lot more things. And I, I call it opening my happiness, creative intelligence, creative intelligence. Okay. So it gives me things to do that are going to uplift me, open my mind up for better things and having things come my way. Okay. As you know, I'm giving to people and I'm receiving back because it lifts my spirit. It just absolutely puts me in a state of joy to be able to do that. And like you, you said, you stepped away from Frisbee golf. Okay. You know, I stepped away from the Smile and Way project for a little bit. It made me miserable. And, and I had to go back to it because I wasn't contributing to society. One of the things that happened along my time that maybe I hope this explains a little bit is that when I was depressed, okay, and I, I went out there and I started finding this happiness project. I kept trying to figure out what is it that I can do to make myself happier and to bring good times to other people. So I did a thing called happiness in the park. I gathered 350 people. We all smiled, smiled and waved for three minutes. Okay. To break a Guinness book of world records. We broke <laughs> it, but we never did get in the book. Okay. Right. The Miami dolphins, they hosted a couple of my events. Okay, um, Smile and Wave America Day. I hosted it. They hosted them at a Miami Dolphins football game. It's really cool, you know? So I ran around in a rabbit suit at the stadium, at Hard Rock Stadium, okay, having this, this you know, festival, right? Um, but, you know, it's funny. The biggest thing, I guess, would be 2011. I felt like I just wasn't doing enough. I wasn't contributing to society because of the fact that I still had not rebuilt my brain completely. Okay, so I said, what is it that I can do? I said, well, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C., and I'm going to do a video that says, smile and wave, America, I love you. You know, we love you. And, you know, it was funny because I had a van that I was going to go there with and everything like that. I walk out of my, my house, and it's supposed to be in the driveway. It was gone. Somebody stole my van. <laughs> So it took me 15 minutes to decide, you know what? Okay, you stole my van, but you're not going to steal my dreams. You are not going to steal my dreams. So I decided 15 minutes, boom, I'm going to walk to Washington, D.C. So, and then and you were living, you. wait, and you were living where? I was living in Wellington at the time, Wellington, Florida. 
and you're going to walk to Washington, D.C. Okay, and I want to hear all about that. But before I do that, why were you wearing a rabbit suit? <laughs> because I was afraid to speak. Right. Okay. I wanted to be a speaker, motivational speaker, actually inspirational speaker. Right. But I couldn't speak in front of people. I couldn't speak on the radio. When people couldn't see me, I couldn't say two words. You know, I'd be like, you know, it was crazy. I said, I got to break this, you know, I got to break. If I speak from behind people, nobody's going to pay attention. So I got to get in front of people, but I can't do it. So it was about 2.30 one one night. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do to break this? And I was talking to my ex-wife and I said, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go up there and I'm going to go say hi to people out on the streets. And I said, ah, that's, that's lame, you know, really, really lame. So I had done a training where I had to sing in front of 350 people in a rabbit suit because I had to wear something that I would never be caught dead in, okay? And so we chose the rabbit suit. Saw it out of the corner of my eye and I said, you know what? I'm going to put on the rabbit suit and I'm going to run out there and go to groups of people and I'm going to say, hi, my name's Eddie Rodriguez. And, you know, and I was like, come on, you know? Get serious. So I thought about it and I said, you know what? I write amateur poetry and I'm afraid to speak to people, but right, you know, reading what I've written, even worse. So I said, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to put the rabbit suit on, I'm going to take my amateur poetry and I'm going to read it to people out in the streets. So here it is. By this time, it's 2 30 in the morning, okay? Where do you go at 2.30 in the morning? Because, you know, as soon as you think of something, you got to put action, action into it. That's what it takes. And so I was like, okay, it's 2.30 in the morning. Where the heck am I going to go? I thought, where do you go? What do you think, Scott? Where do you go? 7-Eleven? <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. I decided to go to a bar. Okay. There was a bar down the street on Kendall. So I drive over here. I'm in a full garb rabbit suit, you know, the little white ears with the pink inside, a pink tail. Okay. And the red, the body was, and you could see my whole face. Okay. So it was like here. And so I pull into the, to the bar and there's five drunk guys out in the parking lot. Okay. So I take my poem. I walk up to the guys and I go, Hey, do you mind if I read you a poem? Well, I didn't know if they were going to beat the heck out of me or, or they were going to let me read it, you know, and they ended up saying, sure, go ahead. They looked at me really strange. And so I read the poem to them and they looked at me afterwards and they go, what are you doing dressed in a rabbit suit, reading poetry to people at a bar? Fair question. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> you know, I'm, I want to become a speaker, but I'm afraid to speak in public and I'm using this to break my fear. And, you know, they actually applauded me. So I went inside the bar. <laughs> and I walked around inside the bar, reading poetry to people, wound up at 6.30 in the morning at a place called Bennigan's. Okay. Talking I, to I know Bennigan's. Huh? You know Bennigan's? I know, I know Bennigan's. Yeah, yeah. I wound up there at 6.30 in the morning talking about spirituality to a couple of guys in the street, you know? So it, it was... Just an amazing thing. That rabbit suit opened up more doors for me. So if you have something that you want to do and you have an idea that you think is really weird, do it. 
you would be surprised at how it's going to help you because you're moving forward with something that, mm -hmm. you know, you may be afraid to do and use your fear to your advantage. That's what I ended up doing. You know, I was scared to death. But I said, you know what? I'm going out and I'm doing it. And it got me on TV. You know, it got me speeches. It, it did all, I've had so many people that I talked to on the street when I went out and did this. And they're like, I can't believe that I'm hearing this from a rabbit. You know, I loved it. It's another selfish thing that I did. No, I... I fully approve of weird. Yeah. Every everyone who listens to me who knows me will know that. Oh, it's not about me, but they 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 will not <laughs> they will not their their only surprise will be that I didn't do it before you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're in Florida. They stole your van. You got to get to Washington D.C. Uh, you have two hundred dollars in your pocket, so you decide yep. to walk. I decided to walk. All my friends thought I went nuts. And they were they actually tried to intervene. You know, they, they kept me back from walking for three weeks. And in that three weeks, two weeks after the van got stolen, they found the van. So I ended up giving it to my roommate, you know, because otherwise I would drive to Washington, DC. And who's gonna listen to a nut that's going to Washington, DC that's driving out there to do a video says, Smile and Wave America, we love you. You know, so I said, bye. Somebody who walks out there, people are going to listen. Um, so I, I did. I, you know, I had no plan. I never knew where I was going to eat. I didn't know where I was going to sleep. I didn't know what I was going to do in a day. I woke up every morning going, okay, what's today going to bring? You know, who's going to show up? That's a big question to ask yourself. Who is going to show up today and help you? Because when you do a walk like that, you need help. You only have $200 in your pocket. Now, with that, with that being said, and I had no plan, how many days do you think I slept outside and how many days do you think I went hungry? Zero. You're right. You're right. And you know why? That's a good question. <laughs> because you didn't want to go hungry and didn't want to sleep outside. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, absolutely right. But there's another factor to it. I wasn't doing things for myself. I was doing things for other people. I dedicated myself to the people that I ran into to help them to smile because I was spreading what I call happiness awareness, letting people know, hey, you know what? Doesn't matter what's happening in your life. There's always room to smile. You can do it, it will uplift you, it will open yourself up. So because I was doing everything for the people that I was running into, all the things that I needed showed up for myself. So, you know, I never went hungry, always had a place to stay. Now, I will admit that I did suffer a little bit, you know, I mean, as far as where to stay, have you heard of Lowe's Hotels? With what? Lowe's Hotels, you've ever heard of Lowe's Hotels? No. Five star. You know, they got the black napkins and all that stuff in their restaurant. Okay. Right. Yeah, I had to stay there, you know. And they gave me a, a, a room where you had to have a key to get the elevator, takes you to that right. door, you know. 
So that that was pretty rough, you know. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through all that. Yeah, I know. I had to eat at Roost Chris, Joe's Crab Shack, chef-owned restaurants, private seafood houses. I mean, it was tough. <laughs> I didn't. I understand. Yeah, that's a joke, of course. But you know, yeah. No, I. But I I get it. The the thing that. I think about this all the time because mm -hmm. one of the jokes that my partner or partners have made or people I'm with, they always joke that they, it seems like the universe bends to my will. Yeah. Like multiple people have said that independently because things, good things just keep happening right. to me and they do. Mm -hmm. But I put so much out there and I try to tell them that, when you make yourself accessible to people in a positive way, and then you treat people with respect and kindness, then all of a sudden when these lucky things happen to you, they're not luck. No, nope. you've, you've put yourself into a position for good things to happen to you because you've made the connections, right? You've impacted things. I mean, they, they, they go together. They do. And I think that people don't realize this when they're so busy trying to take that they mm -hmm. actually wind up getting less. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100% because when you're trying to take, it's a resistance, you know, universe or God or whatever, you know, creator, whatever you want to call it, sees that as you're only taking for yourself, you're not doing anything for anybody else. So it restricts what you have access to. Okay. But when you open yourself up and you go out, you don't worry about yourself. I know you don't worry about yourself. You worry about, Hey, uh, how can I go help people? What can I do to set people up for success? You know, how can I make them better in their own lives? And I respect that. I love the fact that you do that. That's so freaking awesome. And what that does is because you're not, your focus is out there helping people from your heart, which means that your heart is open to receive the things that you deserve for going out there and doing that type of work. And you're consistent with it you're always doing it. you know you're not going like oh how can i profit from this how can i do this how can i do that how can i do the other it doesn't work that way people don't understand that you go inside of yourself you find this things in yourself that you need to change in order to become a better person and the outside world is going to bend to your will and it's going to change and it's going to have a vibration that goes out and affects other people you know, like when you go out and you smile and you wave at somebody, what do you usually get back? A smile and a wave, right? Of course. Yeah. So let's say that person goes and they, they go and they, they call somebody in China and they're talking to them, you know, and that person starts smiling. And then they call somebody in Russia or they call somebody in wherever. Okay. And they help them to smile. So your smile now, the essence of your smile is traveling the world. And it all started with the spark that you gave out. And that spark, you're giving it out from your heart. You're not giving it out because, hey, I want something from you. But you end up receiving. And when you end up receiving, usually it's not from where it started. It comes from someplace else. It comes full circle to you. That's why you, my friend, are a fabulous man with so many things to give.
and receive. How do you respond to people? Because I've encountered this many times and I'm certain you have too, although you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong, I'm, I'm right. How do you respond to the many people that cannot wrap their heads around the idea that you're doing good things because it makes you happy to do good things? The, their, their first question is what's in it for you or what's your motive or they just simply call bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I, have my, I have my way of responding to them, but I want to know what, how you respond to it, not just to them directly, but how you respond to it up here and in here. Well, the thing for me is, you know, what, what I say to myself is what other people think of me is none of my business. I got to worry about me, not them. And it's not worry. It's, you know, I got to take care of what, what's inside my head, what's inside my heart and things like that. And what, the way that I respond to them is I said, you know what, if you take a minute, you start looking at yourself, okay, and seeing the way that you are, okay, and wanting something from everything that you do, if you actually analyze that and start feeling your heart, you'll see that you're really not getting a whole lot back. I said, but try this for a month. Just go out and help people. Go out there and smile at people, wave at people. See what you can do to help other people to move forward in their own lives without thinking about your, yourself. You know, don't have it be one of these things that I, get, I give this, I get this back. Just say, I'm going to give this and just do it for a month. That's it. Don't expect anything back from anywhere. Watch what happens. And they're either say, hey, Eddie, you're full of shit, or they're trying. And if they try it, they'll come back and say, Eddie, it's not such a bad thing. You know? So that's yeah. how I react to it. I'll tell you what, you do get something back. Will Always. you please grab me the booklet? You know the book I'm talking about? I'm going to show you something really special to me that I travel with. Okay. That, that is something that I got back. And uh, she's grabbing it for me now. So when I took off to travel full time, Everything I could uh, travel with was what I could fit in the trunk of a car. <laughs> Everything else that I, I, I either gave away or threw away, every other thing I owned, minus a couple boxes of stuff for my daughter when she was young that's, that's stored. But I don't have storage. You don't have nothing. I had my clothing. I had my computers. That's all. Except I brought one other thing. I, I brought this booklet. And this booklet I take with me everywhere. It's 300 letters from 300 families of kids and adults with autism. Oh, awesome. That have, that have written me to, to thank me, to praise me, to tell me that they appreciate me, that they love me. And I bring this book with me because, and I, I, I haven't opened it up and read it in years. Yeah. But before I became truly happy at a time in my life, I needed this mm. as a reference point to feel better about myself at, during moments when I did it. Yeah. And so all those people that I have done all these things for with nothing in return. That's awesome. How is this not worth more? than anything that I gave them. Like, yeah. I still have the book. They, they probably forgot about me by now. I didn't forget about <laughs> them. So anyways, it's the one, it's the only thing, only non-essential item that I travel with 
and I just keep it. I don't. I literally haven't opened it in years. I may yeah. never open it again, but yeah. I know it's there if I need to. It's a reminder, and that's a beautiful thing that you know you keep that and travel with it, and you yeah. know it's just it's so wonderful when you can have something like that, and it's not about reading it; it's about knowing that it's there and what you've accomplished, yeah. you know, and the way that you've accomplished it. You've opened up your heart. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't get is you open your heart. You know, a lot of people think from here. I don't know if you know that the heart actually thinks 10 times faster and better than the brain. So you walked, I want to hear more about your, your trip. <laughs> so you, you took off uh, like Forrest Gump, but much slower. Yeah, they called me Eddie Gump. Eddie Gump, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you also rock the gigantic beard? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I shaved. You know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to not sleep outside because I wanted to shower every morning. I wanted to be able to shave. I wanted to be able to get up, turn on the TV, watch a little something while I drink my coffee before I walk. You How know? long did it take you? 277 days, nine months. What time of year did you start? I started in March. I ended in November. Okay, so you had some rough days, weather-wise. <laughs> you know, it's that thing where when you put things out, you get great things back. I walked in the rain four times. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be staying at a hotel. You know, I remember, um, oh, gosh, what's the name of that hotel? Um, I can't remember the name of the hotel right now, but... I was at Captain Harem's okay, in Sebastian, Florida. So I'm sitting at Captain Harem's and I'm talking to the owner and you know we're having a, a meal together. And then all of a sudden here comes off the water, this, this thundercloud, okay? And he, you know, here, you're looking at the lightning and it's a really dark, nasty cloud. You know, it's gonna rain like crazy. And he looks at me and he says, you don't wanna walk in that, do you? <laughs> I said, not really. He says, okay, cool. Why don't we just let you stay here until the boat's over? So, you know, I stayed there a couple of days. Just let the rain pass, then go ahead and go. And, you know, another funny story is I was in, I was staying at a Holiday Inn um, in, oh, I can't remember the name of the place, but it doesn't matter. I was staying at a Holiday Inn, okay? I did not have a raincoat. Okay, I didn't have camping gear. I didn't have any of that. I never, never took it because I said I'm never going to use it. So it's okay. So anyway, somebody gave me a raincoat that morning. They said, "Here, here's a raincoat." Yes, one of those yellow ones, you know, with the the, the hoodie and stuff. So and I was like, "Okay, no problem." Guess what? It's the first day I got rained on. <laughs> so you know, I'm getting ready to get rained on. Somebody gives me what I need just to be, be able to stay dry. So it really, I turned around when it started getting cold. That was in New York. Okay, I started, well, actually it was in, it was New York, it's Long Island. Because after the walk, I went to Long Island and I stayed with a friend of mine for a week. Um, but it started getting chilly and I said, okay, time for me to head home. Um, so really, I was so blessed, so blessed. And, and one of my favorite stories came from a thunderstorm where it started, you know, it started raining and, you know, there was lightning and all that stuff. I saw a tractor store a little while back that had passed. Okay, I ran back to the tractor store, 
talked to the lady, told her what I was doing. I said, do you mind if I ask people for a ride to Little Washington, uh, North Carolina? Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to walk in the rain and lightning. Rain, fine. Lightning, not so much. So I had a guy, I asked him, I said, hey, can you give me a ride to Little Washington? And he said, well, I'm not going that far, but I'll take you to a little convenience store about 10 miles down the road because Little Washington was 20 miles down the road. So we get in, the, we get in this truck, we, we put my cart, my cart was like, you know, uh, was it two feet by four feet, okay? Had about 180 pounds worth of stuff in it. We put that in the back of his van or his truck, I'm sorry. And we take off, okay? So he goes, he turns right and then goes to make a U-turn. And when he makes a U-turn, he looks at me and he says, please don't do anything to make me shoot you. And I was like, huh? He's like, I'm the happiness guy. I'm not gonna do anything to make you shoot me. So he pulls out from between his legs. He's got a loaded 45, okay? And he said again, seriously, he said, please don't do anything to make me shoot you. And I, I looked at him and I said, dude, remember, I'm the happiness guy. I don't do things to make you shoot me. I said, but, oh, did I lose you? Hold on, I'm back. Uh, okay. All right, go I ahead. Said, but remember, I'm Cuban, so I talk with my hands. So if I'm doing this, I'm not, I'm not attacking you, man. Just, you know, chill out. So we ended up having a great time for the next 10 months talking. You know, he told me all about his family and. <laughs> And all these things, you know, and how long they'd been there and that he loves, you know, he loves the commercial fish. And, you know, it was just, it was just an amazing time. So well, I'm so confused. Was he, did he feel threatened by you for some reason? Yes. Or is it, so he offered you a ride, but something during the conversation set him off. No, he told me he had never, ever given a stranger a ride. So just having you in the car, all of a sudden he started second guessing. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, but he said something about you told me that it was okay to give you a ride. I had right. another guy with a knife, same thing. You know, he was telling me he was taking his knife and he was doing this with his knife. Okay. You know, one of those big, you know, whatever you call hunting knives. Yeah. Okay. And he's scraping his face saying how he, tr he trains the military in how to kill people. Okay. He was more afraid of me than I was of him. You know, I was just having a good time and, it was another situation where I was being rained on. He picked me up and he took me. He went 10 miles out of his way to take me to a hotel. He said, because I don't want to see you walking in this rain. And he had his girlfriend in the car. He was going one direction. Okay. And he, he saw me and he said, well, if that guy's still walking, when I turn around to come back to go home, he said, I'm going to give him a ride. So, but it was, you know, it, it seemed like it was a threatening situation, like threatening situation with him and the knife and I'm in the back and, you know, there's only a two door. So to get out, I have to go, you know, they have to let me out. I can't just, right. yeah, you know, so, but everything turned out fantastic. You know, it's the attitude. It's the attitude. Are you in fear of life or are you knowing that life is going to bring you what you need? And that's, that's another reason that you're getting so many good things is because you have that same attitude. You say, you know, life, bring it and just let it happen. And that's very cool. You wrote a book about the, your walk. Yes. What's it called? A walk from Florida to New York. 
So, and it's all about, you know, it's got a lot of stories in there about the different people. It's got the, I didn't put the knife story in, but I got the, the guy with a gun. Uh, I walked with a murderer for 15 blocks. He told me his whole story about what happened and everything like that. Actually a really good guy. Okay. And, you know, what he learned in jail was that he wasn't going to be angry anymore. And that he wasn't going to retaliate to things that people did. And I actually have him on YouTube. I've got a video of him on YouTube talking about a little bit about that. And um, he was started to cry, you know, so it's like, you never know, you know, you never know. I mean, he, he told me, he says, Eddie, he said, this is the first time that anybody has ever given me something and not asked for something in return. And this is the first time that anybody listened to my story without judging me. People don't want to be judged. They just want to be understood and they want to be heard. You know? Yeah. I need to put, or I will put a link to your book. Okay. Um, but I also need, to, do you have the picture of you and Dan Marino you can send over? No. Oh. I lost it. I, I wish I had it. It was in an old phone that I had. And it disappeared. So it seems like it wasn't really about having a picture with him or getting a signature or anything. It was just about the meeting. Right. And, you know, yeah. So I, I wish right. I did have that. But, you know, these things are your phone crashes and, you know, you lose all your pictures. And I mean, I yeah. lost half of my stuff from the walk uh, when my computer crashed, the motherboard crashed. But I was right. able to recover a ton of stuff. So that's cool. I got a bunch of pictures and videos and things like that of that. Right. So now you do you do public speaking? Yes. Mm -hmm. How's that going? It's going well. Not right now it's you know a little bit off because you can't really go and speak in public. Yeah. So I do a lot of Zoom calls and things like that, you know, um, which is very cool. I get to share my story. I get to hopefully say something that will uplift somebody and inspire them to do great things in their life, inspire them to look inside of themselves, you know, and say, Hey, you know, what is it about me that I can change to make myself a better person, not only for myself, but for the world, you know, if someone's not happy, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a million reasons why this would be the case. So it's a very general question, but if someone is not happy, where do they start? Well, see, there's so many different directions that you can go with this, and it all depends on who you are. But I will tell you this. Start with, if you're not happy and you can't smile, smile anyway. Fake it. Fake that smile. And tell yourself that you are happy. Go inside and say, hey, you know what? Whatever your name is, let's say George or whatever. George, you're happy. Smile. Go out there, smile at people, wave at people, do things that will uplift you. Now, I do something that's a little bit weird that I think that if you can handle it, really, really, really helps you. Like, let's say you wake up in the morning, right? And, you know, the first person that you see, what do you say? Good morning. Good morning, right? If you got a dog or a cat, you pet your dog, you pet your cat, right? So then you go and you brush your teeth. And what do you do for yourself? What do I do? Yeah. 
I enjoy spending time with my girlfriend. Okay. That's a we wake we wake we wake up and laugh and debate and con- converse first awesome. thing every morning. That's beautiful. Can I add one more thing to do? Yeah, please. Of course, you don't really need this, okay? But I'm just using you as an example because we all need it. But yeah. Um, okay, here's here's what I do. Okay, and I'm not doing it as much as I used to, but because I've gotten to that point where it there's not that much of an effect on me anymore because I just wake up happy. But what I used to do is go into the mirror and I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, Eddie, how you doing, man? Are you doing good today? It's so great to see you. It's so wonderful to be here. And if you weren't here, hell, I don't know what, you know, but man, you're beautiful. You're awesome. I say hello to myself and tell myself what is good about me. And I get very animated about it, you know? I get very, very animated. And I do that, and when I first started doing it, it's like, oh, this is so dumb. And I'm laughing because I'm doing something that is so dumb, but I'm going, wow, I'm smiling, I'm happy, I'm joyful, and it starts my day off great. Why not do it again? So I tell people, listen, why don't you try that for 30 days? It takes 30 days to break a habit, right? So try it for 30 days. See how your life changes. Just say hello to yourself. Even if you start out, um, hello, hi, how are you today? You know, and later on, you're going to go, God, that was so dumb. But you're laughing. And you actually enjoy the fact that you're doing something that's so silly. And I'm so glad nobody saw me do this. You know, but I think it's great if somebody sees you do it. Maybe they're start doing it too. <laughs> but that's where I would start, is looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, you're beautiful. Thank you for being in my life. It's so wonderful to have you here. Started out with a smile. What do you think about writing things down? That's great for people. Okay, I myself am not that type of person. So I really don't write a lot of things down. A lot of people journal, and it's wonderful. It's beautiful. They can go back and they can look at it. Okay, but I've never been a journaling type of person. You know, I just, I go throughout my day. If I, if I do anything at all, I text myself messages. You know, I take a something and go, dee, 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 there goes the text, boom. You know, um, but I think it's a, it's a great practice. Okay, but if you're not into writing, okay, just start doing affirmations. You know, maybe maybe find a way to speak it into into your phone and listen to it later on. Find a way to journal what it is that you want, even if it's not writing. But but writing is absolutely I wish I I was in that habit. I really do, because you know, it, it's a wonderful thing. It's just not up my alley, you know. What about seeing things in other people that you want? Oh, yeah. So I I wrote about this in my book Uh that when I first found happiness, Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I I was an angry, unhappy kid and teenager. Mm -hmm. And when I found happiness, it started with 
jealousy <laughs> over people that had something I didn't have. And I was, I've never been materialistic, mm -hmm. but they had happiness. Mm -hmm. Like they wouldn't get angry over something that made me angry. And right. I was, I was jealous of them, envious of them. So I started seek. I started trying to figure out how to get what they had. What are they doing? Yeah. What do you think about that? Okay, that that is something that. Okay, if you see somebody and they're doing something and it bothers you, I believe that's something you need to investigate and find out from yourself what is it that triggers me with what this person's doing, because there's obviously something you need to learn there. There's a trigger. So you have to figure out within yourself and you start looking at people that are doing things that bother you and you go, okay, is that similar to what this person does or what that person does and what this person does? Because those are clues. They're like that, you know, you know the uh, change oil light that comes on? Okay. Right. Yeah. So when something like that happens and you go, oh, you know, I'm kind of angry about that. You know, they're happier than I am. Why? Uh, why is their grass greener than mine? Well, guess what? It's like an indicator light that comes on to say, hey, pay attention. Okay. And also, if you think their grass is greener, they're happier than you are, you know, then you go, okay, what can I do to make myself happier? And how do I fertilize my lawn? Because nine times out of 10, you go to that other lawn because it's greener and ain't greener. <laughs> you just don't know what's going on over there. That's all it is. So if you take care of your own lawn, if you fertilize it, if you cultivate it, if you just take it and treat it with respect, with love, with happiness, with joy, then you're going to see just how green you have it and how beautiful you can, you know, you can make it. Pull the weeds. We all have weeds. Pull them, get rid of them. And then when it comes back, pull them again. That, you know, that's my opinion on that. You know, it's, um, and another thing that I do, if you don't mind, is what I do when I started the habit of looking at people and seeing a 10 on their forehead. You know, even if they were, you know, nasty and not doing good and, you know, just saying all kinds of negative things, you look and you put a 10 right there on their forehead. Okay. And treat them like a 10 and see how that's going to change the inside of them and how they're going to start acting towards you. It works. What about What about And this is I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. What about disliking things about yourself? Well, which we which is bad, but at the same time, disliking things about yourself that don't make you happy mm -hmm. can affect positive change. Oh, like, it can. So do you believe that you must always feel positive and just love everything about yourself and because you're perfect and beautiful, or do you think it's okay to find fault in yourself? I think it's okay to find fault in yourself. It's the only way you're going to grow. And I think that, you know, throughout your life, you're going to be changing and evolving, finding things that you like, things that you dislike, you know, because everybody says, okay, Eddie, you're America's happiness ambassador. You know, that's, that's what I've been dubbed, America's happiness ambassador. And how can you always stay so upbeat? And I say, not always upbeat. I have my days, 
you know, I have my days that I'm angry. I have my days that, you know, I go through all the emotion. But the thing is, is we're all emotional people. And what people don't realize is that those emotions are your learning triggers. It shows you who you are, what you are, and what, you know, what you want to change within yourself. If you don't look at them at all, then you're not going to change anything. And you're just going to continue along that path. But life is always going to throw things at you and say, here, what are you going to do with this? Here, what are you going to do with that? Here, what's, what are you going to And if you deal with it, then you, you can shape it, mold it, and change it. Okay? But if you don't, if you choose to ignore it, it's just going to be coming back in different forms. So am I always happy? No, not at all. I have my days just like everybody else. You know, it's just that I'm able to take those days, find the positives in them in order to be able to change my state. So it's, it's one of those things, Anthony Robbins says a lot, you know, um, you know, you, you kind of take and you, it, the kinesthetic side of it, you know, if you're not happy or something like that, usually you're slumped down and you, you're going like that. So if you stand up and you stand straight, you know, chest out, head up, try this sometime, do that and see if you can become sad. <laughs> you know, and then try this, you know, you, you sit there in a state, you stand up, you look down to the ground, you slump your shoulders, like somebody who's really sad, you try to be happy. Doesn't work. You can't be happy. So your body, the way that you move, the way that you think, the things that you do, the actions that you take can all make you happy, change your state and things like that. But are you going to be that 24-7? I myself say, never. Show me somebody that's perfect and I'll run the other way. Because just, you know, I love myself. I think I do great things and things like that. But I know at times I do the wrong thing and I don't love myself so much. And, but I try to take care of it the best that I can. I let my emotions go through that to let them escape me. Okay. And then I go back to being happy again. So if you don't allow that to leave your body, you know, run through it, let it go. Okay. But don't stay there. Then, you know, because if you don't let it stay there, if you just go, oh, that's what's going on right now. I'm sad. And I'm going to stay in that state becomes habit. And it's a bad habit. So the habit is let it go, release it, become happy again, and live your life. So something you said, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to touch on for my listeners. Okay. Because I am a my I, I base my life on science and logic and reason. I'm a card carrying member of the Skeptic Society. <laughs> like I have a tattoo of Charles Darwin on my leg. Like, I mean, I, 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 am an analytical fact-based person. Right. And a lot of the people then of course that have gravitated to following me, you know, will be my echo chamber that think like me, or at least, you know, have some of some of those same ideas. And something you pointed out, you may or may not have seen this, but they have done studies, scientific studies where they've been testing brain chemicals and merely posing like Superman yeah. with your hands on your hips will release chemicals in your brain that make you more confident and lower anxiety. Yes. There's a chemical physical reaction, but even stranger than that is taking your mouth and putting it into a smile shape, even with no intention of happiness, 
but doing this <laughs> and baring teeth with your mouth causes a chemical measurable reaction in the brain that is you can quantify it it actually some there's some biological evolutionary reason why our face is doing this causes that reaction but it's so what you're talking about is not just metaphysical nonsense it's no it's actually proven this is, fact. it's it is absolutely proven yeah. to be correct it's not the end solution there's more to it than just smiling but um this isn't just like put on a happy face and the <laughs> gray clouds will go away it actually works well it releases endorphins in your body that help to exactly. heal your body just like sadness if you frown and you're mad or you're angry for more than three minutes, okay, it releases the same poisons that deteriorate your body when you're dead. So, you know, unhappiness literally can put you in the grave. Okay, happiness, you're like an energizer bunny. It recharges your body and it releases the endorphins that help to heal you. So I kind of go, well, you know what, I'll take the happiness thing. <laughs> I know that's what's got me where I'm at right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So where are you with the cancer? You said stage four colon cancer. What right. is the medical diagnosis? I, I know that you have entirely different, uh, you have an entirely different path you've laid out for yourself, but what is your diagnosis? Okay. My diagnosis is, you know, definitely stage four colon cancer. It metastasized from my colon into my lung and it started to grow, you know? And my doctors, as soon as that happened, they were like, okay, chemo, radiation, surgery. Okay. I told my doctors, I said, you know what? It doesn't sound good to me. I know it sounds fantastic to you guys, but it's just not my thing. You know, my surgeon told me, you don't do this, you're going to die. Okay. And my doctor told me, you don't do this, you're going to die. Everybody told me you're going to die. Okay. So uh, it's funny because I saw my surgeon a year after he told me that it had grown too big to do surgery because it was pushing up against my, my heart, pushing out to my lungs. Okay. And it was just, you know, it said, there's, there's no way we can do surgery now. And I said, good. That's awesome. Cause now you're going to quit bugging me about it. Right. And he's like, <laughs> nothing I can do, you know? So I said, okay, fantastic. I saw him a year later. Okay. And we're, you know, I go to VA and, you know, I'm a, I'm a veteran. So I, I go to VA hospital and I'm there and I'm getting something done. Who knows what, but um, he comes walking down the hallway and he sees me, he stops dead in his tracks. His eyes get about this big and he goes, you're still here. And I said, yeah, doc, and so are you. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so he was like, how did you do this? You know? And I said, well, at that time I was doing a lot of holistic stuff you know, the way that I eat and the way that I exercise and all the things that I, you know, do and stuff. Um, so it was, it was absolutely, for me, it was a beautiful thing. You know, it was like dancing with cancer. So later on, it started to grow again. And I ran into a doctor because I kept saying, you know, I'll do the chemo if I do low dose, the pills or targeted. Now, I can't do targeted, but I found a doctor that would do the low dose. And so I started taking the low dose and the last couple of scans that I had, it went down, it shrunk in half each time. It okay. went from 9.5 to now it's like 3.2, okay? And also my cancer numbers were 27, now they're at three. So I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> that is. Yeah. 
you know, that's, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. And, you know, and when, when, I don't know, when I look around me and see all the things that could have been, if I would listen to the doctors, but they're not, I am so blessed with everything that the universe has brought me. You know, it, it's, I have a stone that I keep in my office and I'm trying to find another one and it says miracle. And, you know, it's, it's true. I mean, along my walk, okay, I, I, you know, I walked those 277 days, 2000 miles, okay. I didn't know this at the time, but I had, you, do you know what a Widowmaker is? Yes. Yeah, 100% clog in an artery going to your heart, main artery going to your heart. I have a Widowmaker. And most people that they have Widowmakers, they're dead, right? You know, or they have to have stents and everything like that put in. I didn't have anything done, nothing. And they said they attributed it to the walk. My heart grew its own bypass. How lucky is that? I am so blessed because of all the happiness and the things that, uh, that have come my way from things like what you do. That's a, that's a great story. I love the story about the doctor. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. It's somewhat unrelated, but I, it's a great story about my mom. It's a true story. Um, she needed to have heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And she went to the doctor, this, this, uh, well, it doesn't matter who he is, but just, he was a, a fairly renowned heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm there, I'm sitting in the office as he's talking to my mom about this heart surgery he's going to do. And he's going through the things and he says, he goes, oh, you smoke? My mom says, yeah. He says, I'm not going to operate on you. She's like, well, wait, wait, what do you mean? He says, well, you don't care about yourself. Why would I waste my time on you? Wow. My mom, my mom's like, no, doctor, you can't say that. Yeah. By the way, there was a, there was swearing involved. <laughs> <laughs> I can my imagine. Was, yeah. And he says, he goes, oh, if you quit, he goes, if you you know, quit smoking and come back to me, I'll talk to you right. or go find someone else. And she ended up quitting smoking just so she could go back to him. And she quit, it's like 75 years old. She's like, she quits, and you know, her quality of life improved. It was great. Yeah. But I always thought it was like, part of me thought that like, like this is the realest doctor I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. He literally just said, he's reading the chart and said, oh yeah, I just changed my mind. I'm not operating on you. <laughs> but she proved them wrong. Yeah, she did it out of spite. Yeah, that's awesome. I, 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 my mom's funeral about ten, uh, like six or seven years later, mm-hmm. I actually told that story. I, I had one story to tell about my mom. I told two stories. That was one of the two stories. Yeah. Because my mom was like, that doctor. <laughs> it was so pissed. That she, like, she, didn't quit, she couldn't quit smoking her whole life until that doctor pissed her off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great. But, yeah. see, the good th- see the good that came from it? Yeah. She yeah. turned a negative into a positive. Yeah. That's awesome. And she lived longer because of it. Just ironically, if we're talking about happiness, I recommended to my mom, she was living with me at the time. She said she was going to quit smoking. I said, why? I said, you're 75 years old. You don't enjoy much else in life. I'm like, why are you going to quit smoking at this point? Mm -hmm. She quit. She, she had COPD and all that. She 
did feel better the last six years. Like her quality of life did improve at age 75 after like 50 years of smoking two packs a day. So yeah, she, she, she was happier her last six years because of that. Yeah. She was miserable to be around for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, the effects of quitting smoking. Yeah. No, no, it was harder on us than it was on her. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, I love it. I, man, I love your story. Thank you. I'm going to put a link to the book. Okay. Uh, anything you want to send to promote yourself, your public speaking, your Zoom meetings, if you do any type of counseling or speaking or inspiration or other projects. Uh, do you have a picture of you in the bunny suit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Please send me some of those. I will okay. splice those into the podcast. Do you want me to send you one at the football game? All uh, of them. With the Dolphins? All of them? I got tons. Not all of them. I'm saying that if you got one from the football game and you got one from you walk, you know, standing in front of a bar at two in the morning, I, I just send me, just send me a couple of photos to look in, that are interesting. I, I think people would like to, to see that. Uh, one final question, your wife. Yes. Through all this. Were you, were you married when you walked to Washington, DC? No, no, I was separated. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. We had just right. separated. Um, you know, so I was, I had some free time on my hands, you could say. <laughs> I wasn't contributing to society. And, you know, I was still recovering from the hemorrhage. Okay. Uh, so I decided, you know what? I can go out there and I can smile. I can walk. You know? Yeah. So, you know, if I can do that, let me go and do it. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love you. You're great. I, I'm you. so excited I got to talk to you. I hope you do more <laughs> of these. Whatever problems you had with speaking you yeah. overcome. You're a great storyteller. Thank Your you. energy is infectious. So, uh, you know, maybe you were this good before and didn't realize it, but you're fantastic now at conveying your ideas and, and what you believe. So I hope you keep doing it. Thank you so much. And I really am honored to have been on your show. I mean, you're yeah. a fabulous guy. I love you too, man. I mean, it's the work that you do is so beautiful and so needed out there. That energy that you have, you radiate it. So it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's wonderful meeting somebody like you because people like you and me, we need to get together and show the world that, Hey, you know what, whatever it is, set it aside, focus in on being a better person, helping people out, loving people and just show the true you. And it's as simple yeah. as that Just show yeah. the true you and people watch how people respond, yeah. you know? See how many lives you change. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much. I will send you a link. Okay. Um, and you can put up the link on your stuff so your fans oh, yeah. and followers can check it out too. Absolutely. Um, I will. I'll put it on my website. I'll put it on my social media, you know, and I'll be talking to people about it. And, uh, awesome. Yeah. And if you, have a, if you have a podcast to do one, I would love to be on it. Awesome. Okay. I've Thanks, actually man. been thinking about starting one. So uh, that but would be cool why, to have you as a guest. Why are you thinking about it? Just I know. It. I need to just message, go out and do it. Message me off the air, and I will tell you how to do it. It is so simple. You'll invest about 90 minutes of your time, and then all you do is make phone calls with people, click the Zoom button, and it's automated. So awesome. I will, I'll be happy to – well, when I say I, I mean my girlfriend who's younger, so she knows how to do stuff on the <laughs> Internet. Um, she okay. will, But she would be more than happy to walk you through it. We'll get you set up. And uh, I'd love to be your first guest if you'll have me. I'd, I'd love it, man. I'd love Thanks, it. Man. I love your energy and 
you know, the way that you speak and, and, you know, the message that you have and the way that you give it out. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, Thanks, I'd, love, I'd love to learn it and, you know, go out and do All it. Right. Email me, email me. We'll set up a time that we'll get you set up and you'll be good to go. All right. It's great talking to you. All right. Good talking to you. All too. right. All right. Thank you. I hope I was a good guest for you. You were fantastic. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. We're going to keep talking to cool and inspirational people. Some of them you're going to love. Some of them you're not going to love. Some you're going to admire. Some you're going to not respect at all. And hopefully every conversation is going to be interesting because yeah. we're going to talk to humans. So thanks, you guys. Can't wait till next time. Bye, everybody. Love you Bye. all. Hey everyone, I'm now on Patreon. Click the link below. Not only keep the free content coming with tutorials, tips, podcasts, etc., but get a bunch of free stuff like live stream Q&As, copy of my book, voting on topics, behind the scenes, bunch of cool stuff. Click the link down below to join.